0: One that's made entirely out of...
1: Good morning and welcome to School of Parenting on River Radio with myself, Rachel Tyrrell and my guest today is Ellen Ludlow. Good morning, Ellen. Hi, Rachel. So we are going to be chatting this morning to Ellen about balancing your children and your work. I'm sure we all struggle with that. That parental guilt... um, I'm sure we all struggle with that as well. And then, this is what I'm really interested in, replenishing yourself as a parent. So actually making time for yourself, especially while the kids are at home in these really long holidays. And I think they're gonna be long for lots of us because we're not actually going away anywhere, are we? So it feels like they're gonna be even longer. So um, yeah, that's what's coming up, so stick with us. So Ellen, tell us a little bit about you and your company. Berkshire Life Coaching.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's lovely to be here this morning. Um, Yeah, so Berkshire Life Coaching, I set up actually um, not long before lockdown started. So um, I've been working with busy business mums who are finding it really hard struggling juggling their time basically and their priorities and as you say I think a lot of us really relate to that Um, a lot of busy business women in the 21st century whether you own your own business or whether it's that you're juggling your growing career with a growing family there's definitely this perception that this is just how it is you know Mm. life is just this busy this hectic this overwhelming and they don't kind of question it or see any way round it or any different way of doing things
1: yeah it's a bit like a treadmill isn't it we just we don't realize that we're just on it absolutely (laughs) you just want to hit
2: pause don't you absolutely absolutely and my passion is helping women um be able to find ways to, to do exactly that to look at things differently to live the life they really want to live so to start rather than reacting to each day on its own terms and allowing their their busy schedule to control them to actually take back control and start thinking about their priorities and their values and the way they want to live their life and often what comes out is the way I imagined you know when when I changed job or when I started my own business oh this is how I imagined it would be this is what I wanted or that's what I want them help to help them get back to because a lot of them sort of say I started my business because I wanted more time with my spouse with my children I wanted to be my own boss but man I've never worked so long and
1: so hard in my whole life. Mm, Yeah (laughs) definitely what so what got you said that you started the business just before lockdown? Just before lockdown. Yes. So what led you into life coaching what did you do before so for 16 years before that I was with Oxfam
2: okay um, and I've always loved um, sort of facilitating coaching managing people and teams and developing people and watching them grow and that was my absolute favorite thing was watching my team members you know voluntary staff grow to interns interns grow to paid staff and then paid staff grow to progression which Mm. I did a lot of and and it was really really fulfilling and then I deepened my coaching I took some different courses different qualifications and I thought I love pure coaching I love Mm. coaching when you haven't got um, another business's expectations if you like on your back you're not having to coach somebody sort of to a particular plan the approach is very much you the client have everything you need within you and my job as the coach is to just Give you the time and the space, ask the questions to help you find the clarity. Actually, to find your way of doing things, because we're all so individual and everybody's so unique, and that's what I love about coaching um, busy business women. You know, it's about helping you find the way that works for you specifically and individually. So it's not a one size fits all
1: thing. So that's, I mean, that's lovely because obviously you, you, so you took what you were doing in your previous career or yeah. the parts that you liked about it, mm-hmm. and then. Made your own business from it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Absolutely. And can any, a life coach, can anyone be a life coach? Could I go out tomorrow and go, yes, I'm a life coach? Like, or do you have, I know you said you did some training while you're with Oxfam.
2: Yeah. Are there, so I think I think for a start to want to be a coach, you probably are going to, to have a love of helping people grow and develop mm. and a really important aspect is you've probably already got a love of listening because it's well said that many of us actually, we listen with an intent to respond rather than listening yes. with an intent to truly hear what the other person is saying and one of the most powerful things I think about coaching is really listening to not just your client's words but their tone of voice, their body language language their facial expression it's everything they're trying to tell you verbally and non-verbally about how they're experiencing this situation and, and their world and how they view things and so if you haven't already I think got a bit of a love of that kind of thing yes you probably wouldn't want to go into coaching um if you're asking is it a sort of regulated field at the moment and do you have to have a particular qualification life coaching isn't a regulated industry at the moment but the icf the international coaching federation are working towards making it a regulated industry oh, okay so i would say i took an icf course with jarek and amanda robbins which is absolutely i haven't i can't speak highly enough of it it's been brilliant um and it is icf accredited and it's also it's a kind of lifetime membership thing, so even though I've now completed the course, we hop on a call once a fortnight. You get that coaching and support from them as well to help you build your business and and keep up with your coaching skills. And I think I did that because I wanted to be really good at what I do, mm. and I wanted to serve my clients mm. in the best way I could. And also, I think if you are looking to to study coaching and get a qualification, going with the ICF is a really wise way to sort of future proof your own business because um, as those regular do come in from the ICF if you're already on that pathway then you're a step ahead aren't you
1: yeah and I get and so for people who are maybe thinking about it or thinking about wanting to work with a life coach is it worth checking that out then to see if they've got a kind of what training they've had or what you know
2: yeah definitely I mean it can be obviously the the qualifications on their own aren't you know, the the, the be-all and end-all factor. And as I say, at the moment, the industry doesn't require a coach to particularly have a qualification. But I guess it's a balance of when you're looking for a coach or approaching somebody, maybe to have that conversation to see if you're going to be a good fit. It's about what their experience is and it's also about how you feel talking Mm. to them so any coach that you're looking to possibly work with shouldn't be making you feel pressured you shouldn't be feeling sold to the way I do it and the way most coaches I know do it is to say well let's just hop on an informal call have a chat and see if we're a good fit and if you come off that call feeling happy and confident and that you're really connected and that you were listened to great, give it a go. But if you come off that call with any reservations or hesitations, you know, don't feel in any way pressured, I think, to to choose to work with that particular coach.
1: And life coaches aren't just for, um, you know, big business people or, you know, you've you've spoken about how you work with a lot of mums who are juggling or, you know, they've got their careers or their work or perhaps they've started their own business. I mean, you you know, it's basically, it's helping people to balance all those balls isn't it those absolutely juggling balls.
2: absolutely no there's there's so many different aspects actually of life coaching and um yeah the the area that I've sort of honed in on is is helping busy mums who are exactly that juggle spinning lots of plates juggling lots of balls yeah. um trying to do the the growing career growing business at the same time as the growing family and yes. all the challenges that that presents particularly with managing their time and priorities um and and also it's a, it's a mindset thing it's also helping them be able to actually be really present with each area of their life because I think sometimes what we do when we're so busy our mind and our body aren't in the same place so you mm. may be spending an hour with your kids but actually you're thinking about your to-do list and about yeah. work and you're finding it hard to switch off or you may decide to try and get an early night but actually again you can't switch off because you've got this rolling list going on in your head yeah. so it's, it's about organizing your time and your priorities but it's also about helping you really feel calm and present in each area with each person that you're with so that your mind and body are there in the same place
1: enjoying the moment yes yeah Yeah. not looking at your phone (laughs) yes yes yeah (laughs) you know actually putting your phone away and as you say enjoying that and you meant you mentioned earlier about you know um lots of um is it well is it just mum is it just women that you work with
2: Yes it has been so far and that isn't because I started out with an intention to not work with men it's just that every single client that I've had so far happens to have been a woman Uh, most of them mums most of them business owners so it's as if sort of rather than me finding my niche my niche found me I think yes Yes. yeah
1: (laughs) so as um yeah so what I was going to say is so you'd you mentioned that what a lot of mums do I did I did it myself is you you go into your business Business, or you start your small business because obviously you've got a passion for what particular area you're in, but because you want to regain that time and you want to regain that balance, and of course, what happens is when it's your own business, it actually is seven days a week, yeah. <laughs> you know, twenty, um, you know, four hours a day. Um, and and it is actually you know this i'm sure i'm not the only mum who has a small business out there who you some you get those moments where you question hmm would i be better in in you know okay i know not all jobs are nine to five but you know what i mean so you can switch off whereas obviously as a small business owner it is really hard to switch off isn't it absolutely
2: absolutely you are
1: not the only mum out there and as i say
2: in fact it's almost um every single client that's that's the place they're at when they first come to me is exactly that um and again i think it's for lots of reasons isn't it when it's your own business you really love it you're really invested in it emotionally Mm. um so there is that thing of at the beginning it almost doesn't feel like work and you don't mind just doing Mm. that bit extra on the weekend or in the evenings because it's your business but actually it builds to a point where as your business is taking off as you say it's kind of taking over in a way and if you haven't got those structures in place that say actually I need my evening time I need my Mm. weekend time if you've snowballed with it and allowed it to snowball with you you can end up working yeah as you say 24 7 and even when you're not physically working not able to switch off that busy brain Mm. so yeah we work a lot around helping you structure the different areas of your life because the you that runs your business is not separate and segregated from the you as you know a mom or a spouse or a sister or a best friend we've got all these other aspects in our life and to our personality Mm. and we want to find time for ourselves as well and for our own health and well-being um so it's again it's kind of getting redressing the balance you know um Mm. getting it back to a place where you have the tools and abilities that you can still grow your business and that's something I'm really proud of my um my clients are growing their businesses but at the same time as taking back time for the other aspects of their life so it's Mm. not that they're swapping one for the other it's not that their turnover is suffering because they're working fewer hours Um, their business is growing they're working fewer hours they're having boundaries in place that actually enable them to do the things they didn't think they were going to be able to do you know to get up and train for that run or to lose that half a stone or to make the school run every day Mm. the things that matter to them individually they're beginning to be able to take back their values and their priorities and live the life they actually envisaged they would have when they started yeah. to run their own business. And I mean,
1: are we generally just more I mean, I know as a small business owner, you, you know, you, you you know, you well, not just a small business owner, even if you you're in a career or any kind of job, are we just busier in our lives generally? Why are we Definitely. Why are yeah. we so much busier? I, I mean, think so. you know, I grew up in a family with five children. We weren't this busy. No. Is it because <laughs> there was just nothing that went on? Or why are we busier?
2: I think... Um a large part of it is technology, which is obviously a fantastic thing. And we've seen particularly over the lockdowns and the COVID period, just how beneficial technology is for keeping us all in contact with each other, in touch, um, and, so, and being able to support one another and, and work you know, safely from wherever we are. Mm. But also, I think it's something that means that it enables us to be that busy and do three things at once. So it may have been that when you were physically at work, you were working, but then mm. whilst you were on the, you know, the commute home that was your thinking time or chill out time but now you can be almost permanently connected to emails and messages and things going on And, and lots of people whether they would you know want to want to think of it in these terms or not but but we do we do three things at once we're never mm. just concentrating on the one thing that we're doing present with the one person that we're with we're usually checking our messages or our social media thinking about what we're you know got to plan for tomorrow or make for dinner or a call we forgot to make and yeah. and a lot of that I think is around um yeah being able to have my my teenage son I think it's called media stacking but I don't know how he concentrates on it he will have like the television on he'll be playing a computer game and he'll be half listening to a tutorial on YouTube all at the same <gasps> I've time not
1: heard of that media I'm like, how
2: stacking. can you how
1: can you do that how can you take in any of that information <laughs> yeah no absolutely, absolutely <laughs> not and and also there's a lot more even with our with with children there's a lot more I mean it's it's great in one aspect there's so many more options and so so many more activities isn't mm. there and I know mm. that I mean my children have been off for over a week now um, and I feel you know a little bit run ragged already is that is that the word run ragged already just um managing they're not quite old enough to manage all the social lives themselves mm. so I'm having to do that and it's you know it's exhausting basically i mean they do obviously have much busier social life than i do but just you know the play dates the meetups the activities the sleepovers the this the that there's you know a hundred whatsapp groups going you know you kind of think yay it's the end of term i won't have to see all the messages ping up on but then there's all other whatsapp groups going on so absolutely um, yeah, there's a lot more of, of that, isn't there? Options for our children that there might not have been, I suppose, decades ago. And, and you know, I think, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only parent who thinks, actually, you want them, especially because, especially in the situation that we we're in, not going away, you kind of want them not to just be on devices and electronic stuff, want them to actually be out and about. And if they're at that kind of age where, they're not totally organising that themselves you've got to be involved in organising that getting them to the you know, football camp or you know whatever it is so. absolutely and it's great that there is so
2: much choice and variety i think mm. for them and especially as you say at the moment perhaps where we're not going away and where maybe they have felt quite isolated during the past sort of 15 18 months or so it's important to you know that they can get together with other children but i think sometimes we as parents put ourselves under a lot of pressure mm. um, to, to sort of fulfil their days every day with activities, with things to do, um, and to kind of, in a way, it can take on a bit of an aspect of keeping up with the Joneses. You know, if somebody's in that club, oh, you've got to do every club sort of thing. And sometimes I think it doesn't hurt them to be a little bored, to be at home, to amuse yes. themselves, to find a board game. Um, and sometimes to enlist help if you've got friends or neighbours, you um, and I'm I'm very lucky I have a good friendship where I can say you know if, if you're working on Monday I'll have all the kids and then I have to work Wednesday could you take all the kids and, hmm. and that works well but I know a lot of women who actually find that very difficult that's a real challenge for them yeah. to ask for help yes. as they perceive it but I would say make the most of your friendships and relationships it's lovely when you can all meet up together for a day out or a play date but If you've got a good friend where she can take all the kids one day, you could perhaps return the favour and have hers, make the most of that support network. And also, let's not put too much pressure on ourselves around what we think our kids ought to be doing, Mm. Um, because days out don't have to be you know all singing all dancing expensive as you said when we were young there was Mm. a lot less perhaps on offer for us and yet we really enjoyed days out in the woods or by the river and and there's lots that actually we Mm. can do with the kids or the kids can do that doesn't have to be um, a really sort of pressured full-on expensive day trip.
1: Okay, absolutely. Well, I think I think there's lots of people um, who are probably in that same situation. Please email in any questions that you have for Ellen to Rachel at River dot radio and we're going to take a quick break for a song but when we come back we're going to be talking to ellen uh, just to, let's get into the nitty-gritty how can we not feel like this just like a week into holidays or if some of you are only breaking up today or tomorrow um you don't want to get to the end of the six weeks and be absolutely exhausted so um i'm i know that ellen is going to help us um help us with that
0: Across the
3: Thames Valley One
0: more time Across the Thames Valley This
3: This Is River Radio
0: Well Now for some Pop music Try this
4: I can almost see it That dream I'm dreaming But There's a voice inside my head Say You'll never reach it Every step I'm taking Every move I make feels lost with no direction. My faith is shaken, but I, I gotta keep trying. Gotta keep my head. Sometimes might knock me down, but no, I'm not breaking. I may not know it, but these are the moments that I'm going to remember most. Yeah, just got to keep going.
1: To School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and Ellen Ludlow from Berkshire Life Coaching. And we've been chatting about how you balance your children and work or your small business, um, parental guilt and replenishing yourself, all those things. Can, you, can we actually get rid of that parental guilt, Ellen? Yes, absolutely. I can
2: believe we? we can. I believe we how? can. How? Tell us how. <laughs> so I think... However many times uh, people, particularly perhaps parents, hear this phrase, self-care is so important, there's still this element of guilt, I think, that comes with taking the time we need to fulfil our own needs and care for ourselves. And I do have a bit of a bugbear about this phrase, self-care. I call it replenishment time rather than self-care because I do view it as an essential and that's for two main reasons one is that actually all our needs are equally important uh, and yes absolutely as natural as parents we put our children first but starting to recognize that taking time to replenish and refresh and feed ourselves is is necessary for our own well-being and the other reason is because that is what it is it's replenishment it's refueling if we drove and drove and drove our car and never refueled it, we mustn't be surprised when it breaks down. Mm. And again, I've worked with clients who have been through burnout, some of them on more than one occasion. And the way or one of the ways to really make sure we avoid that burnout and that exhaustion is to plan in time to refuel and replenish ourselves. You know, we need it. Um, And again, I think with with the summer holidays, it can be really challenging because a lot of us sort of, even if we try and have that replenishment time in our normal day-to-day term time, we kind of get our head down and think, right, hunker down for seven or eight weeks, I go on the back burner for the next few mm. weeks, and we don't plan in that replenishment time for ourselves till September. But the effect that's going to have, and I'm sure we've all been there, is that, as you say, by partway through the holidays, you're feeling really quite exhausted and mm. run ragged and a bit sort of, well, what about me? Because I need some time too. So I think it's really important, actually, to plan our schedules in a way that allows for that replenishment time and that refueling time um and in fact, that is one of the, the big things that I've seen clients make a really big difference in, in different ways, in ways that work for them. So I've got one client who has started getting up an hour earlier every okay. morning for her replenishment time. Um, I had another client who tried and tested that and said, you know what, that is not what's going to work for me. But she's in a position now where she takes every Wednesday afternoon out of her own business. And that's her replenishment and refueling time. Yes,
1: because I'm thinking the sleep won't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I feel like I don't get enough sleep as it is, so the, the, the thought of getting up an hour earlier to get the me time, I I think I'd be slightly resentful. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, and then that completely defeats the yeah. object. So it's very much about what works for everybody individually, and it's going to be make a difference, of course, what age your children are at and yes, things like that, but there are definitely ways and means of finding, even if it's just a little bit, we don't need lots and lots, and it's it's not about being self-indulgent we don't need to feel that we're being self-indulgent it's about scheduling in that time to do that activity or that thing that really lights you up that re-energizes you that replenishes you is that a person that you need to go have a coffee with or even have a phone call with is it that person that just makes you feel you know re-energized and brought to life
1: so when so if we organize those things a coffee or a meetup or a massage or um you know i'm thinking of the things that i'd like to do (laughs) How do you then stop that guilt when you're there or how do you, you know, that thing of, oh, I should be with my kids or I need to be checking this or is it, it, you know, something that we practice that we get? better at.
2: Well, yeah, I was going to say it's not going to happen overnight. It's definitely about (laughs) making that intentional commitment to doing it and then keep practicing at it and doing it. And it will get easier and easier because it does feel, um, you know, a bit alien and strange at first Mm. if we haven't done it. And another really good one for me is I know how irritable, I can get when I'm feeling exhausted mm. and run ragged, and I know what a more patient and energized and better mum actually I am after I have a bit of that time. Yeah, so I hang on to that as well. And I think, no, actually, I'm gonna be a better mum for doing this. I need yes. to take this time actually because it's not just me that's gonna benefit from it, I think the whole family is afterwards. So it's hanging on to that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So by replenishing ourselves as parents or busy mums, so keeping. That in our head, I guess that that means we're going to not snap or not be irritable or not feel resentful. That you know, actually, all that the the phone is pinging because of our children, not because of our own, you know, activities or lives So yeah, Absolutely. I guess it's keeping that in mind. And isn't I think it?
2: it's also setting a good example to our children mm. because if if we don't think of our replenishment time as an important priority they're not going to think of it that way either. And mm. they're going to grow up maybe when they become parents, thinking that suddenly their own well-being and their own replenishment isn't important. Yeah. So to demonstrate to them that now and again, actually having this rest time doesn't mean that I don't want to be with you but this is just what I need to make me feel better yeah uh, just like you have what you need to make you feel good you have time with your friends or you have time playing sport well this is what I need now for half an hour and I'm going to feel so much better for it and I don't think that's a bad thing to demonstrate to them
1: yeah no I think it's very important and actually Sam's just come into the studio and I know that Sam's been replenishing himself because I noticed him sitting outside a coffee shop <laughs> on the high street as I d- Drove in this morning and I thought. It wasn't me. It was.
3: I'm going for the Snoop Dobby, Doggy Dog excuse. Uh, it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, no, yes, I was.
1: I thought, look at Sam, uh, who is incredibly busy. And um, I thought, look, he's sitting there in that coffee shop outside, having a coffee, I assume.
3: Doing emails.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably working at the same time. But I thought, isn't that lovely? You could actually, I suppose you could pop out to a coffee shop, couldn't you? Absolutely. And and, uh, I mean, I was slightly jealous as I was driving past (laughs) you. I was like, what is he doing just sitting out there? Well, had you been earlier and walked past, (laughs) I would
3: have offered you to join me, but you didn't.
1: Watching the world go by. No, I wanted to get into this lovely, cool studio. She says fanning herself. Um, But no, that's a really um, important point that you you brought up, Helen, about replenishing ourselves, because I mean, I think depending on what age we are, but I know, you know, I grew up with um, a parent or a mum that actually that wasn't what you did you didn't take any time for yourself I think back to my my mum who you know is raising five children um who worked very hard she gave me a great work ethic but she would not sit down read a magazine go to a coffee shop it it kind of didn't happen now I I think that when I say she wasn't as busy she was very busy because she had five children and worked but um but as in with all the other things that we have you know with the activities and you know I I just think technology you know as we were talking earlier it makes us really busy but um, it wasn't a time was it sort of decades going back where your mum would take herself well I don't think it was the norm that would take herself off for a facial or a massage or you know that kind of thing
2: absolutely and and I think you're right I think that's what a lot of People's um, example, if you like, has been and and part of why so many women in this generation struggle a little bit with doing that. Um, but I think it is a great example to be setting to to our children actually about how to be a, a sort of well rounded adult who has that self esteem, who, yeah. who thinks actually my needs matter too, um, and. And it's making it work for you, as I say. It's, it's doing it where and when and as it suits you and your family. and And don't expect your kids to to come and say, oh, good, mummy, I'm so glad you're having some self-care time, because they won't, you know.
1: <laughs> so, so they are going to make you feel guilty. <laughs> yeah, they, they
2: okay. will. But that's why, as you say, is it about getting out of the house to do it, or is it about doing it whilst they're on a play date, or while somebody else has got them, while they're visiting grandma? It's making it work for you. And I even remember having some conversations around, if you're having a bit of time out for yourself for half an hour in the house, where are you doing that? Because actually, if you're sitting in the family room or the lounge doing that, you can't then be surprised when you get 10 interruptions from children wanting you know hydration or food or the other Mm. unreasonable demands they put on us but actually if you go and take yourself off to maybe your bedroom or your study for half an hour to to have some self time um, that is somewhere that it's reasonable to ask perhaps not to be interrupted just for 30 minutes so it's really thinking about planning it in and making it work for you and for your family
1: yeah absolutely Sam
3: well by the time they get to 16 they don't they don't need you anymore, apart from, <laughs> apart from, can I have a taxi, please? Yeah. So it doesn't last forever. That's all I was going to say. The, the, And I don't think it's unreasonable when they ask, can I be rehydrated and fed? I mean,
0: <laughs> just, just basic Yeah, facts. when they're four. Um, yeah. Seriously, can I have some food?
1: No, but do you know what is frustrating is when they're old enough to know where the uh, glasses are, know where the cordial is. I have pointed out a number of times to my children... You can reach the tap now, okay? You can reach the glasses. I love it when they come in and go, Can I have a drink? Yes, oh, you can. Yeah. yeah, you can. I know. Oh, we it. have
3: teenagers' daughters, and, and they come in a full fridge and they'll look at it, yeah. they'll open it and they go, Nothing in here. Yeah, Close it and you go. There is a full fridge. Oh, sorry. There's no sushi in there, or there's no. I don't know what else they might want. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or the snacks. The snacks. It, it Well, it is, isn't it? About educating our children, and 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 and. I guess if they've always, you know, it is funny when those things happen. They always come, and they've always just say, "Can I have this? And can you have that? And then you just carry on doing, doing these things I yeah. was, you know my um son is taller than me i know it's not difficult <laughs> for him to be taller than me at 13 but it's like yeah you can actually reach that now you you can plug in the sandwich maker we're okay with you plugging something in so absolutely yeah and,
2: but part of that even i think is about us as parents doing that letting go piece because i don't know about you but i sometimes feel oh it'd just be quicker and cleaner to do it myself you know rather than than teach them ask them and then probably have to tidy up behind them no no
3: no (laughs) no the old adage teach a man to fish do you remember that one
2: absolutely but I think that's sometimes where we sabotage ourselves because we don't teach a man to fish we we take that shortcut and think oh it's going to be too much like hard work so we perhaps continue doing it for them Maybe you know beyond beyond when we, yeah. we should or could we can empower them to learn to do it for themselves. What, what
1: is that? What is that fish?
3: So basically, thing? you can either I've feed... Kind of heard you of can it. F- you can feed the person and continually keep feeding that person, yeah. or you can teach them how to fish. Oh right. So okay. the idea is that at the end of the day, <laughs> we can always keep doing stuff, as you just said. Mm. You know, uh, oh, I, I'm hungry. Right. Well, I'll make you the sandwich. Yeah. Or um, I'll get you the drink. Yeah. And it's like. Actually, why don't I show you where the bread bin is? Why don't I show you how to spread some butter, put a bit of ham on it, cut it in half and take (laughs) it out on a plate? Now I've taught you how to fish or make a sandwich. Next time, don't ask me. Do it yourself, right? Obviously, you can't do that with a four-year-old. No. But 13, 14, 15 easily, right? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: and this Absolutely. is how you put your plate back in the dishwasher. Yeah, when you it's finish. a bit of a process, definitely.
2: It's also <laughs> teaching them to clean up afterwards as well. Yeah, it takes, yeah. It takes so a bit of time, but it's How were
3: you it. at that age?
1: Oh, oh, don't get me started on this. I was having this conversation with, uh, with some lovely, lovely ladies that I've mentioned I'm going to mention them again, since so you've asked me. Elizabeth House in Cookham. It's right. a day centre for the elderly. And I was having a lovely conversation with some of the ladies there. And we were re- reminiscing and they were talking about... And, and I brought my daughter along with me. Bless her. She came along. She helped. I think she, she... When we got into this conversation. But we were reminiscing and saying, at this age, I was doing this. I was ironing and I was doing this. And the lovely lady was saying, and I was putting the sheets through the mangle. Now, I did point out to my daughter... We didn't. I'm, I'm not quite that old that that we <laughs> yeah. had a mangle, but I do remember at a really young age, you know, putting the washing on and doing the washing and taking the clothes out and hanging it on the line. You know, I'm saying nine, ten. You know, at a young age, yeah, definitely so what, doing. What have more.
3: we done to make it so that our children don't do what we did?
1: I don't know. That is the that's the million pound answer. Is I, I don't think, know. I think, Ellen, we.
2: we lots of us we it's a control thing we have difficulty letting go and again I see this in lots of different ways I see this with parenting I see this with business we don't like to delegate or outsource whether that's to our children making a sandwich or whether that's outsourcing part of our business there's an element of us that thinks no I want to hang on to doing this I I don't want to have to delegate that because it feels a bit big and a bit scary at first but I think the more you do it and the more you see the other person you're teaching that task to grow and do it successfully actually that's really satisfying and then you've got someone there really capable of
1: helping you Mm. yeah definitely i don't i don't know why we i don't i'm thinking is it because maybe i mean obviously in the last 18 months we've worked from home a lot more and all that kind of stuff so we're maybe around physically around more whereas it feels like sort of a few decades ago you almost had to just get on and do it but but actually saying that, I mean, my mum was out at work, so she wasn't in the home. We, we were left at a younger age, not in the home. I mean, I, I don't know, to kind of fend for ourselves a bit. Well, that's oh. the
3: thing, actually. It goes back to the thing we, Rachel, have talked about yes. before. Yeah. This generation of parents, myself included, have become a nanny parent. And we over-nanny our children. <gasps> Where are you going? To the park? What time are you going to be there? Have you got your mobile phone? Make sure it's on. If yes. I call you in 20 minutes, you better answer. Yes. Whereas yeah, you and absolutely. I, see you. Where you going? Down the park. When you're back? Mm, I don't know. Back tea time. I'll see you later. Yes. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, fine. See you soon. Yeah. You know, and that was it. And never the twain should be seen between that yeah. time and when I got back. And my mother would know no different. So... Are we our own worst enemies?
1: Yes, yeah. So it's it's definitely, isn't it? A bit of re-education. And I know with my children, I have said they need to do uh, they need to do. I was going to say they need to do more in the holidays. I should actually rephrase that. They need to do something in the holidays, <laughs> not more. Um, you know, they need to do some jobs if yeah. if they if they want money, pocket money. If they want lifts here and there, they need to do a few, just a few jobs. <laughs> Just a few jobs,
2: definitely. And I think also when they get to, as you say, not little ones, but they get to an age where you can say, well, actually... We're all living together in this house, so it's down to all of us to make it a nice environment to be in. It's not just down to me to to, to look after our home. Actually, it's, it's down to
1: all of us living together to yeah. to make the home Abs- a nice environment. Absolutely. Now you've got something very interesting sitting there in front of you, Ellen. Your wheel. I have your wheel. Tell us. It's not actually. It's not a real wheel. <laughs> it's it's a circle, a coloured circle, like a pie chart. It is. It's my it's wheel this, of life. This, the teachers coming out in me. Yeah. It's a pie- a wheel of life. Yeah. Tell us about the wheel of life. So this is um, the very first tool that I use actually to start a conversation
2: with a new client or potential client and this very much draws on my approach to coaching. It's a very holistic approach because I coach the whole person. So I think too often one of the things that we do is we kind of segregate the parts of our life uh, and, and often the... The part of you that's running your business, you try and keep that very separate to the part of you in other parts of your life. And that's sometimes where this kind of really overwhelming busyness and and these conflicts can occur. So when I coach, I'm coaching you as the whole person. So we're looking at the different sections of your life in this wheel of life. And part of that is around your career or business. So that's your day-to-day productivity and planning. That's your longer-term business planning. And some of this, one of these sections here is your sleep time. And one is your replenishment and wellness time. And we've got friends and social time, family time, and your personal growth time, as well as your homemaking time. So it's it's being able to look at you and the different parts of your life. And often when a potential client sort of reaches out at first and says, I think I'd like to have a conversation about coaching they know that they're feeling a bit unhappy and dissatisfied but they're not they haven't really pinned down where they know they're feeling overwhelmed okay. they know things aren't going quite right and this is a really good conversation starter and a good tool to get them looking at well actually Which areas of your life would you like to be different? You know, which of these areas do you feel is is not where you want it to be? And which of these areas would you like us to start working on? And what's the knock-on effect on other areas of that wheel, actually? Mm. Because they are all so interconnected. So you will find that you might at the beginning think that that the area that's causing you a problem is business but find out that actually that's really impacting on your sleep time or the area that you want to grow in is your family time and home life
1: and again that's really impacting on other things like your ability to grow your business or your own personal growth time and i I guess if people are at the stage where they've come and they've had that conversation with you they're not happy with the balance or they've or you know uh, or might be thinking, I can't change this on my own. Absolutely. You know, I can't. all yeah. oh, you know, it's my business. This is my small business. I'm trying to grow it. Um... How, how can I not be on it seven days a week or, you know, into the evening or first thing in the morning, checking messages, that kind of thing? Absolutely. And I
2: think that goes back to a little bit what we said at the very, very beginning that a lot of us in the 21st century are not questioning that of, well, if I want it all, this is just how busy and overwhelming it's going to be. And actually, it doesn't have to be. We can make it work for our, for our business, our career, our family time. It's around managing our priorities and our values rather than letting our schedule manage and bully us. It's about us arranging our schedule around our priorities and what we value.
3: Mm. So I think what's going to be interesting post-COVID is people are going to take on board what you just said. Mm. Because we've had time to reassess what does the office mean, mm. what does work mean, and what does work-life balance mean. And I don't know if you read recently, but in Iceland, they've now confirmed that they are nationally going to go to a four-day working week.
1: Really? Yeah, they're same salary. To Iceland. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, with, so they're not going to reduce the salaries. They're just going to keep the same salary, but they're going to extend it. And what's really stupid is when I say to somebody, "Why do you work five days a week?" No one knows.
2: No, absolutely. Because yeah. actually,
3: it came out of America. So. After the in agricultural revolution, when probably we were doing 18 hours a day in the fields because you, you had to, that was your livelihood. The crop failed, you failed, right? Mm, there yeah. was no uh, health service and there was no you know, unemployment benefit. So that was your livelihood. But as soon as the machines started coming, they needed less people. So the movement into the office, and it was the Americans who set a 35-hour working week. They mm. said that seven hours a day times five days was the, what they would expect... And that was it. It was set. It was an arbitrary expectation, but it was set. Mm. So we went from eighteen hours a day to seven hours a day. There is nothing to stop us, as Jack Ma from um, Alibaba says. You know, there's nothing to stop us choosing to have five hours a day, or Mm. four days a week, or both. Right.
2: Absolutely. Um,
3: And as we become more and more in charge of our own lives, and I think our generation. Not your generation, I'm much older than you. But our generation um, had a vision. And that vision was, you know, get a degree, buy a house, get on the ladder, get a pension, get off the other end and get into the coffin. You know, that was <laughs> fundamentally it, right? There were not a lot in between. There was a few things you did, yeah. but that was fundamentally it. Yeah. Our generation of children now don't have our vision. No. And that's what's going to change. We, They do not see buying a house as a priority they do not see Mm. having a job and a career as a priority Mm. so my daughter who's 21 yes she's doing the right things because we're trying to get her you know she's through going through a degree but she won't be able to afford a house unless bank of mum and dad put the deposit down Mm. you know when i first came out and i started my first house it was 3x my salary uh, and they, it was caps, prices were that mm. same house that I first bought is now worth half a million quid. it was seventy five when I bought it and But my salary was twenty five but my friend 's daughter 's salary is equally when she just came out of university this week mm. twenty five Mm. So salaries not moved, but house prices no. did. So my daughter's view of the world is hey, I don't want your same vision. So your yeah. map of no. how people's work life balance will change is beginning to change. And
1: do you think they're going to be better then at this um doing things for that, you know, that me time? Are they almost a bit more can I say selfish well, but going I want that me time. I want to I mean it does kind of feel a bit like that to me. Yeah.
3: And peer pressure from their friends will say to them, why, why are you working all those silly hours? Now, of course, don't get me wrong, they're going to be city bankers still and there are going to be people who yeah. work silly clock, right? And yeah. Nothing the three of us can say in this room will change that. Mm. But I think the vast majority of people are going to sit back and say, well, actually, n- no, you haven't increased salaries for 20 years, Increase my salary a bit more, reduce my work rate and guess what, if prices have to go up a little bit, well, that's the price. Mm. But we as a society, I think, are going to have a post-COVID reflection that mm, says, mm. I'm sorry, mm. I don't want to... I went into London the other day on the train. I hated it. Really? Oh, it was just the worst ever experience. You know, the Lizzie line's awful anyway. Yeah. Ha- How do you build a train for the modern 21st century without Wi-Fi and power?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's
3: just crazy, right? So I go into... Th- Going it, half the people are wearing masks, half them are not, and yeah. you know the, the, the half who are to the young kids are going, ah, oh, I can't be bothered, and you go, do I start a fight? Do i not start a fight? Mm-hmm. I can't be bothered, uh, but but it was just busy, it was noisy, it was, and I just go, you know what? I got back to Cook and Dean, I was like, oh, sanity at last, and I and I won't go. I, I, you know if somebody says, do you want a meeting in London? No, I'll zoom you.
1: Mm. how do you balance those so you you work you work from home how do you balance because what I think is a little bit harder and I've seen it with my um husband's job because he was in an office and now he's not in an office you know and I'll say to him you need to shut the door like you're going like going back to that computer like a little bit too (laughs) often or too how do you I mean that's that's harder isn't it when you're working from home I think unless you're really disciplined to be I mean I think a lot of people are in the same they're actually working more hours because they're at home, they're not commuting no. and that work computer is just sitting there and oh I'll just pop in and check this or is it uh, not harder? I think, I think it's a lot about
2: productivity and I really hope post-Covid to see a lot more businesses and workplaces really learning from this and embracing this We shouldn't be, as you said, Sam, we shouldn't be paying somebody to sit somewhere for seven hours a day to be physically present. We should be paying Mm. someone for their skills and their talents and, and using their skills and talents to be productive for us and for our business. And actually... We should be appreciating their uniqueness and their unique and different ways of doing that. And I think what we have seen is that people are productive when they're given that freedom to work in in the way that that they need to work, that suits them. And and I think, I hope our children's generation are going to build on that a lot.
3: I think it all comes down to that bosses don't trust workers, right? So that's the problem. Before COVID, when you said, I'm going to be working from home yeah. on Friday, <laughs> honestly, I've, I've done my first email of the day at nine. I checked in a couple of times. I've done a few at four. I've been working all day, boss. And that, that the belief was that no one worked from home. Right. It was a, mm. a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I'm working from home. Yeah. Um, we're, we're sat in an office here where it's empty.
1: Yeah, where are they?
3: (laughs) They're all working from home. (laughs) And so companies are going to begin to question what's the rental cost of this space. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if all my staff are working from home and the productivity stayed high and we've got a mechanism to keep checking in, so we'll have a call at midday, we'll set some targets, we'll do this, whatever. So I think companies look, there is a boomerang that's going on right now. So I don't know what your house work life environment is you just talked about Rachel you know if you're a a young person and you've been sat at home in mum and dad and you're in your bedroom working it's pretty awful oh yeah and you know when I was in my 20s I'd want to go for a drink after work with my mates Mm. and stuff like that so that whole office environment was actually fun right but now I'm in my 50s that whole idea is just uh, you know uh horrible the idea of office politics rubbish meetings oh look we're all going to the next meeting room for a chat about something that could have been done on an email in 30 seconds right so but last point from me what you were saying was your husband at home, mm. but think of the three hours he's now saved from commuting.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So if he absolutely. does a little bit extra
3: on the laptop occasionally, yeah. don't, don't be so harsh on him, Rachel. <laughs>
1: and, and get him
2: looking at the wheel, Rachel, because when he when he has his boundaries and turns off his laptop, get him doing something on one of the other sections of the wheel. Yeah, I'm not showing that to my wife. Some social time or some wellness and exercise
1: time. <laughs> yeah,
3: my wife would have me on the green and the red all the time. What, you know?
1: what is the green and the red? Ha- family time okay. okay. And wellness so yeah. okay well let's take you as an example, Sam. I mean, I know Ellen works with with women a lot let's take you how do you replenish how do you those aspects of your how do you replenish yourself that is not to do with work? I know you do a lot of hours
3: um, I do a lot of sport um, okay. that's the thing I do that's that's what gives me back my family does give me back a lot of time they force me to, to downtime okay but i, I I'm
1: do you sneakily look at your phone oh, though, or are you quite,
3: <laughs> I'm I'm say, are I you don't cute? even sneak. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. And, um, but the point, the point is for me, I, I learned in my mid twenties, I turned on something called the curious gene and mm. I'm ultimately just curious about how things work. So even if it wasn't the radio station or if it wasn't another business I run because I run three, the, the, the thing is I would be curious about something else. I'm just yes. constantly curious and curiosity is the one thing I want to give my children. Yes. Because everything else is irrelevant. You know, rote learning of Henry VIII's wives or or how, what's the Pythagoras' theorem is irrelevant. Yes. Right? Unless that's their skill set they want. Because Google will tell them. Yeah. but But if they're curious to learn the next thing that Google hasn't said or the next thing they don't know and they're constantly learning then I'll have achieved a goal. And that's what I am. So my, awesome. my, my goal about this is I'm t- totally curious. So mm. I might be in the moment doing, I, I played a new sport the other day called paddle or padella it comes from spain it's a short tennis court with squash court walls around it
1: oh okay
3: super fast it's quick and i played it with a friend never played it but it's new and i did it yeah so now i'm like wow i want to do more of this and so yeah but that's called curiosity so yeah Yeah. that wheel i think is about finding balance and finding curiosity so if work is entertainment
1: yes then
3: it doesn't become a chore
1: yeah, and you've got to do things, you know, and things like if you're out for dinner with your family, you know, we have no phones on the table. The yeah, phones- we do that one. <laughs> you do do that one, good. Your phones are in your bag. Yeah, apart from
3: when you call and then I have to answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Um, yeah, but so... I suppose starting with like little rules like that. If we do go out, or if we're having dinner or whatever, it's like you don't need your phone on the table. You can leave your phone back in the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. And again,
2: it's about it's about what works fit for you and your family. So um, because we love our business and and business doesn't feel like a a chore, but it still has a knock on effect on the other people in our lives. So, for example, Mm. um, one of my clients this week went away for a long weekend with her family, and she texted to say, "For the first time, we went out for the day on a day trip, and I left my phone." actually back in the room didn't even take it with me didn't check yeah, it for that day trip. that's
1: really good and
2: that was great for her switching off but it was also great for her family that she was yeah. with so it's it's not even so much around necessarily sort of hard and fast rules it's around um working out what works for you having those boundaries for you and the people that you live with yeah. so that you can be really your, your body and your mind is present in the same place with those people you're not with them but checking your phone or with them but thinking about your to-do list yeah. it's about being able to be super productive and enjoy your work, but then also be able to super enjoy your family time or your friends and social time so that you're not constantly having your brain being somewhere else, thinking about something else.
3: I have a lovely expression that you might want to nick. Awesome. Uh, Your children want your presence, not your presents.
2: Yeah. You have to see it written down to see the spelling, (laughs) don't you? What
3: I mean by is they want you to be present with them. Yes. They don't want you to buy presents to replace your time with them. Yes. Oh so yeah. Children want your presence, yes. not your presence.
1: Yeah. I mean sometimes it is the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that is really important to remember that being present. And and I'm really conscious that we're running out of time with Ellen, but tell us a little bit can you tell us a little bit about this method, the method to take back your time and your book. Yes, that is on. Ellen's got a book on the horizon. Yes, so just very briefly. Um, so the ways the ways of working
2: together at the moment would be if you think you might be into some one to one coaching, drop me a message, um, visit my website, or drop me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. I put we'll, your website on River Radio. Awesome, thank you, and we can have just a quick informal chat about what it is you're looking for and whether it looks like we're going to be a good fit working together. Mm. The other way we can potentially work together is I'm launching a course in September which is the method to take back your time so this is put into a six-step method which is really powerful um, and and easy to implement in your life everything that I've learned over the past couple of decades and everything that I've learned through working with my clients on a step-by-step way to take back control of your day and your schedule and to manage your priorities rather than have your life manage you and overwhelm you and as I say my my client's their, their business, um, their turnover, their productivity is growing and their family time is growing and they are finding success in all areas of their life. So I've put that into a six-step method, uh, which is what the book's going to be about and it's what the course is about. So if that sounds like it might appeal, again, just get in touch. We'll have an informal chat about whether that might be a way that you'd like to work together. That's going to be a really small group coaching program for just six people. I don't want it to grow bigger than that because it's really interactive and for just one hour a week I want everybody in that group to have a chance to to be part of that and to contribute so if you think that might be something that suits you get in touch before September and we'll see if that's maybe a way that you'd like to work together
1: so so one-to-one or or as a group if yeah, people. that's right okay yeah. now that sounds great um well thank you so much for coming in Ellen and thank chatting to us me. it's just um, the time has whizzed by it has flown. um but um, you've let people know how to get in contact with you. You can go to River Radio's Facebook, and I've put a link in there as well to your website. Um, and we look forward to having you back on the show as well. Um, and ne- let me just tell you who my guest is next week. We have Jenny McGuicken, who is a nutritionist, and she's a mum, who's taking part in the London Landmarks Half Marathon for the charity parenting mental health it's a charity that's helped her daughter massively after years of struggling with her mental health and her daughter was uh, was finally diagnosed with autism but only just a few months before her 16th birthday um parenting mental health are a charity that supports parents and carers whose children are really struggling and um jenny's going to be coming in and telling us all about it so if you've got any questions for jenny email rachel at river.radio um Get in touch with Ellen at Berkshire Life Coaching. And um, thank you so much for coming in. Thank I've you for ju- have just we've, we, we've chatted so long, I've just quickly found a shorter song. <laughs> um, we, we heard Miley Cyrus earlier with The Climb, and we're going to finish with... And thank you, Sam, for coming in.
3: <laughs> Pleasure. Sorry I took up all your, your time. Your
1: words of wisdom. Uh, we've got beautiful day, um, you too. You've been listening to Rachel on School of Parenting at River Radio.